Last fall, my high school, uh, my high school class celebrated our 20-year reunion. That is just crazy. It's not right. I mean, I'm still a baby, right? <laughs> and, and some of you, so we say, "Yeah, right, Robbie. You're just keep, you keep telling yourself that." Oh my goodness, I cannot believe I've been out of high school for 20 years. I know some of you got me beat, but I'm struggling over the 20 years, all right? But unfortunately, with distance and everything, uh, Shannon and I, we didn't go. We, we, we haven't been able to go to one of those reunions. It wasn't really a priority for us, time-wise or money-wise. But I do have to say that I was a little bit interested in it. I mean, it would be kind of cool to go back, and I think, I mean, I might regret it, but I think, I think, I think it would be kind of cool to go back and just kind of see people and see how they've changed and what directions their life took. And I really hope that if people who were there for my 20-year high school reunion, I hope if they knew me back then, I hope that they would be surprised at the change that's happened in my life. And I'm not talking about, hey, Rob, you've gained a little weight, or hey, you know, you've gotten a little gray hair. Or, other than that, I pretty well look the same, Shannon says, uh, for the last 20 years. But, uh, you know, not those things. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is, all because of a decision that I made as a teenager to completely surrender my life to Jesus Christ. I made a decision. God spoke to my heart to open up my heart to Him and to give Him my whole heart. And that's really what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk to you about change. The change that can and should happen in our lives if we have a personal love relationship with Jesus. Over the last few weeks, we've talked about who we are in Christ. We've been talking about, and again, I shared with you, uh, we're not going to get completely get our arms around that in just a few weeks' emphases. I mean, that's really the, the rest of your life is trying to understand who you are in Christ and what He's wanting to do in and through your life. But, but we've been trying to hone in on, there are some things, there are some key things that I believe God would want us to understand that would help us to define our identity in Jesus Christ. If you have put your trust in Jesus, if you have surrendered your life to Him, what does that mean? Who are you? How does that identify you? And we've learned two things already. We learned, first of all, as we said just a moment ago, that I am loved. It is absolutely incredible. I don't know about you guys. I don't just say this stuff on the weekends. I mean, I think about it during the week, too. God speaks to my heart. I've been kind of trying to chew on for the last couple of weeks. What does it mean as the young people saying, oh, how He loves me? What does that mean? Amen. I've been trying to understand that and try to chew on that. And last week we talked about if I am in Christ, I am forgiven. I don't know about you, but that means a lot to me. I am so glad you guys don't know some things about my life. And we could all say that, couldn't we? But I'm so glad that God knows me, and, and, and if I'm willing to receive his gift, he is willing to cancel my debt. It's absolutely astounding, isn't it? But tonight we want to ask this question. When we're thinking about who am I, what is my identity in Christ, I want us to think about this. If I have put my trust in Jesus Christ, I am changed. I'm a different kind of man. Amen? I am not the person that I used to be. And in some way, that needs to begin 
showing up in my life. And we're going to focus on Matthew 13. We're going to focus on verses 18 through 23. But actually, verses 18 through 23 are really kind of commentary or explanation that Jesus gave of a story, a parable. And last week we defined, for those of you that weren't here last week, we defined parable as really an everyday life story, just a normal everyday story that Jesus would tell people so that he could... uh, He can help them to better understand a larger spiritual principle. So here we find a parable that Jesus talks about. Many people have called it the parable of the sower. Others have called it the parable of the seeds. I think it's probably more appropriate. It's the parable of the soils. We're going to read that in verses 3 through 8. Then we're going to focus on what Jesus said about it in verses 18 through 23. So let's start there and read the parable of the soils. It says, And he spoke many things to them in parables, in those stories, everyday stories, teaching them about God, about spiritual things, saying this, Behold, the sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell beside the road, and the birds came, and they ate them up. Others fell on the rocky places where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up because they had no depth of soil. But when the sun had risen, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Others fell among the thorns, and the thorns came and choked them out. And others fell on the good soil and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. And Jesus challenges them, as I believe we need to hear tonight, he who has ears to hear... Let him listen to what the Lord is trying to say to us. And the first thing I want to talk about in verse 18 is when we're exploring what it means to have a relationship with God, we need to understand something. Being simply, being exposed to God is not enough. Again, we're wanting to learn who am I in Jesus Christ, and I believe that many people are confused about what that's all about. Let me give you one of the first confusions. Confusion number one is many people believe that being around God is really what I need. People have heard from churches or people have come up with in their own thinking the idea that coming to church or being exposed to God, being around God is really enough. They would say, I go to church. I read Christian books, I watch Christian programming, I listen to Christian songs, I'm influenced by Christian things. Maybe they would even say, I even do Christian work. So that makes me a Christian. Let's look at what Jesus says in verses 18 and 19. It says, uh, when he comes down to these verses, he's been speaking to the people there, he's been speaking to his disciples, and then in verse 18 he says, hear then the parable of the sower. He says, I want to explain to you what I was saying when I gave you that story. He says, first of all, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is the one on whom seed was sown beside the road. I believe that Jesus is saying there are many people in the world who in some way or another have been exposed to God. They've heard about God. They've heard God's message. But when they hear the message, they don't grab hold of it. They don't latch on to it. They don't internalize it, or maybe a better way of putting it is, they don't allow it to penetrate into their hearts. And the way Jesus kind of describes their heart is it's kind of like, it's just an image here. He's trying to say their heart is hard, basically is what he's saying. It's like an old, beaten down path. 
Not like a garden. It's more like a path that's been beaten down and gotten hard. And so when God's seed, when God's message, when they're exposed to God, that seed just kind of sits on top of the ground. And eventually, that seed sits long enough that the enemy comes along and snatches that seed away. And they even forget about what they were exposed to. And as a result of that, that person didn't change at all. They were exposed to God. They were exposed to his message. But this is the point. Even though they were exposed to God, there was no change in their lives. It made no impact or any difference in how they lived their lives. It's very likely that there are some of us here today, though we may not be comfortable admitting it, if we're honest, this is us, isn't it? We may be getting opportunity after opportunity to hear from God. But for whatever reason, you would say, if you were honest, you would say, I hear from God, I'm exposed to God, but if I'm really honest with myself and with God, I'm not allowing his message to really sink down and to get into my heart below the surface. And we might even think to ourselves, hey, at least I'm coming to church. A lot of people aren't doing that. Isn't that what we sometimes think? At least I'm coming to church. A lot of people aren't doing that. But we're never, as a result of not letting God's word sink into our heart, we're never able to experience a personal, life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ working in our heart. We're trying to answer, who am I? If I'm in Jesus Christ, just being exposed to God is not what he wants for your life. You need to be very clear about that. But the next two verses tell us something else that might be kind of surprising to you at first. Not only is it not God's will for us to just be exposed to him, it is not God's will for us to just, in some ways, to respond to him. Responding to God is not the point that he has for us either. There are probably some of us in that first group here tonight, but I would probably say that most of us are not here with our arms crossed, wishing it would all hurry up and be over, and we're really not interested in what God has to say to us. I would say probably most of us here are somewhat open to God, right? That's why we're here. Unless somebody made you come or somebody said, you know, whatever. You know, a lot of people get to church different ways, right? Okay, unless somebody made you be here, there's probably all of us have some level of interest in what God's wanting to say. Isn't that probably true? But still... Though our heart may not be hard to God, we have not quite yet experienced a changed life. And I believe Jesus would want to challenge you with that tonight because if you are experiencing something, it's not just exposure to God. It's not just hearing his message and that's just kind of falling on deaf ears. That's not what's happening. You are experiencing something, but I believe God wants us to understand it needs to go farther than just some experience. Look at what Jesus says in verses 20 and 22. He says, now the one, he's going to talk about the next two. He says, now the one on whom seed was sown in the rocky places, this is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yeah, he has no firm root in himself, but is only temporary. And when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he falls away. And the one on whom seed was sown among the thorns This is the man who hears the word and the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word and it becomes 
unfruitful. So we notice this person is not just a person like that first one. It's not just a person that's being exposed to God, but they're closed off to God and it just kind of falls on deaf ears and the seeds just sit there and and something comes along and snatches it away. There is something very real happening in the life of the people that are being described in these verses. Listen very carefully. These people that we're talking about, this is a person who's been moved by God. This is a person who's been touched. They've noticed that God has spoken to them. Some things have happened that caught their attention, and they've been amazed. They've been in awe. They may have even cried some tears and made some commitments. Yeah, God's speaking to me, and, 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 and I'm going to do this for God, or I'm going to get more serious, or I'm going to start living for God. And all of that looks good, and it may be good. It may be a true response to God. It's a a person's first steps, and and they're taking those first steps, they're moving toward God, and they are truly going to respond to God. It may be the first steps of a real life change by God in their life. But I want to say to you, if you are in this category, you need to check yourself. For some people, there appears to be change, but in reality, and don't miss this, God is just a phase that they are going through right now in their life. And after a while, they're going to go right back to the person that they were before. Does that bother you as much as it does me? Are you, wait a second, Pastor Robbie, are you saying to me, that a person can be responding to God, they can have some sort of experience with God, but not be for real. Not truly have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Doesn't that sound like what it's saying? How would that happen? Well, he says it. He says there's two ways that Jesus talks about it. He says for one person... He says, that person, when hard times come in their life, he says, what happens is they were excited about God at first. Have you ever came to church and God spoke to your heart and you're all excited? And man, it's, I'm going to change the world or I'm going to change my life. And, and man, it's going to be different. And then about 10 minutes later, what? I can't even remember I've been to church. Amen. <laughs> you get all the kids in the car and it's just like, oh, good grief. Amen. Or oh, me. Amen. <laughs> So we understand this to some extent, don't we? Sometimes we can have a response to God. There's joy. It says immediately. There was an immediate response. But what Jesus is talking about here, this particular person, they were immediately responsive in some kind of way. But he says, but when things in their life got tough, they dropped it. And pretty quickly. What did he say? He says, he says, uh, he says, this person immediately receives it with joy, but in verse 21, yet he has no firm root in himself, but is only temporary. And when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he falls away. Now listen, I'm not talking about a person that truly loves God, but is just struggling. Don't we all do that? I mean, I mean if strugglers aren't true followers of Jesus, then I'm out. Amen? Okay? If, if you can't struggle, then, then it must mean that I'm not a follower of Jesus. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a person that says, okay, oh, I love God, 
And they made a decision. Oh, I love God. I want to follow him. But when the heat starts getting turned up, that person leaves it behind and forgets about it pretty quick. I've seen it many times in people's lives. You know, and, and you know what? That's why we have to help people to understand what it truly means to follow Jesus. Following Jesus is not praying a prayer. Following Jesus is not having an encounter at church. Do you understand what I'm saying? It can start by praying a prayer. Amen? It can start by an encounter at church, but that is not the full extent of what it means to be in Christ. Another way it happens, he says, you know, sometimes it's because things get hard following Christ. In fact, he says, he says, affliction or persecution arises. Why? Because of the word. So following Jesus got hard. That person said, okay, if it's going to be hard, never mind. All right. But then he says something else. He says, there's somebody else though. That seed was sown among thorns. This is the person who hears the word. And the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Raise your hand if you're busy. I fight it all the time. I try to be a simple man. I just want to be a simple man. I don't want to be complicated. Life's too complicated for me. Amen, anybody? I try to stay simple and I can't. It just gets complicated, doesn't it? Things pile on, more and more stuff. It just seems like, when can we ever call a time out and say, I don't want to do all this stuff. I don't want to, all these demands, all these expectations, all the things that our world does. And it's just getting more, isn't it? Right now, some of you are getting the vibrate on your side because you tried to say, well, I'm going to turn it off if you're in church, but I at least need to know if it was vibrating, right? It's madness. We can't ever sit still. Well, that's what this person, that's what happens to them. They came to church or they heard a pastor on the radio or they heard a message from God or God spoke to them and they got really excited at first. In fact, they were very moved by what they heard. There was a response. I hear God speaking and, I, and that's what I want. But it wasn't long before other things were just more important. Hey, you know what? I love Jesus, and I'm glad he loves me, but the kids are in soccer. Or, or my job is just so demanding. Or, or I've got to serve on the homeowners association, or I've got to be involved in PTA, and that's all the spare time that i got to give. I mean, you know, i got, I got this and that and this and God and that and this, and, and well, God's just, I'm just not quite ready for God right now. Wow. Again, I've seen it over and over. A person makes a decision for Christ. And they may be faithful for a period of time, but after a while, the, just the cares, the concerns, they, they just can't process. Listen, they can't process adding God to the mix. I've just got so many other things. God is going to have to wait. 
For that person, Jesus is interesting. He's intriguing. He's fulfilling. They're all for it. Just not right now. Because I got too much other stuff going on. Is this challenging to you like it is me? So this person had some kind of experience with the Lord, but it really didn't change their life. Much past a month or so, and then what do they do? They just kind of go back to the same old routine. Friend, the reason I share this tonight is because Jesus shared it. And I believe he wants to challenge us with this. If one of those two people that we've just described, or actually three people, if one of those describes you, guys want to challenge your heart with that tonight. Because really the thing that we want to get to tonight is a true believer in Jesus Christ. Your identity in Jesus Christ means your life has been changed. Listen to what Jesus says in verse 23. He says, And the one on whom seed was sown on the good soil, by the way, notice, it's not the seed. What is it? It's not the sower. It's not the seed. What's the variable here? It's the soil. It's my heart. Where is my heart? The, the seed could work if my heart was ready. Okay? So he says, And the one on whom seed was sown on the good soil, the soil that was ready for the seed, this is the man who hears the word and understands it. He grasps it. He grabs hold of it. He lets it sink in, who indeed bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, some 60 and some 30. Now, I think it's worth pointing out, and we're going to talk about this more next time. Not everybody's going to have the same amount of fruit, right? That seems to be very obvious from God's word. Some 30, some 60, some 100. But all the people whose heart can be described as good soil, good ground, will produce some kind of noticeable, visible, lasting, clear fruit. So let's kind of summarize that. If I'm going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, I will be a person who not only hears God, because like I said, some people believe that just coming to church, and again, some churches have taught that, so that's why I'm trying to teach you what God's Word says, so we'll understand. Just coming to church, just being exposed to God is not enough. Some believe that having some kind of encounter with Christ, some kind of response, even emotional, that's what I needed. The Bible's saying that's not enough. That won't, that's not a saving kind of faith. But what we're talking about here is a person who hears the Lord and receives his message. That person is going to let it sink in and they're going to give evidence of truly responding to the Lord and receiving him by what in their life? By fruit. Fruit's going to come out of them. Let's put it another way. A follower of Jesus will be changed. And it will show something starts happening doesn't it god starts working in you doesn't he you know on days when i just don't have it when i just don't like it when i'm just blah i can't help it jesus lives in me amen and he wants to come out some days i'm just tired i don't want to share with anybody and god says to me go talk to that person <laughs> i don't want to 
I know, Lord, I'm going to. He lives in me, amen? He comes out. You're going to notice, I am a different person. Things are happening. I'm growing, even in spite of me, many times, amen? And other people are going to start noticing. Other people are going to see there is something different about you. And not just for a day or two or for a month. It will be lasting fruit. Listen, let me give you some verses that, uh, that from other passages in God's Word that describe when I receive Jesus Christ, when He is working, truly working in my life, when Christ is now my identity. Let me, let me give you some other verses that tell what that means for us. John chapter 3, verse 3 says, You have been born Again, <laughs> I don't know about you, but my birthday was pretty dramatic. Amen? <laughs> I mean, I celebrate every year. Today's actually my sister's birthday. Our birthday is a time that we never forget, right? There, it's, a, it's a marker. I mean, this, is, this was the beginning for me. When I come to Christ, I have been born from above. Actually, that's how it can be translated in John 3. It can either be translated born again or born from above. That's pretty, pretty significant, isn't it? 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 says, If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, look at this, all things have become new. Wow! Dramatic change. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8 says that we have gone from death to life. That's a major difference, isn't it? Ephesians 2, just a couple chapters before that, says we have gone from darkness to light. And let me just read you some verses. I've kind of just uh, uh, paraphrased those. But Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit, when God is living in your heart, some things start coming out. The fruit of the Spirit, when He's inside of you, is love. Have you found that you care for people that you didn't really care for before? That's actually not a bad definition of love. <laughs> but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Fruit of the Spirit is joy. Have you found that there are circumstances in your life that you don't really care for, but still they don't define you now? You find on even bad days you can feel pretty good? That's not a bad definition of real life joy. The fruit of the Spirit. Congratulations. It looks like God might be working in you. Isn't that encouraging? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. I'm not seeing a lot of that. Kindness. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I hope I'm seeing that. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Do you find that you try to be more measured with people that you might have been sharp with before? Goodness, faithfulness. You don't give up as easily. Gentleness, self-control. Are you finding those things that work in your life? Those are pretty dramatic things for me. When Christ comes into your life, there is a visible, noticeable, measurable, significant, lasting change that happens. And to be honest with you, if there is not, there's a problem. And here's what I would say. If you are not experiencing, my life is different. I sense a change. I and it's not saying that you've, you've gotten to any certain point, but if there's not some transformation happening in your life, it either needs to be on its way, you know what I'm saying? 
I mean, I, I haven't quite begun to experience some of those things, but I feel it in me, okay? There ought to at least be a desire to change and to be different. It either ought to be on its way or we need to begin asking ourselves, have I ever really truly been connected to the power of God through Jesus Christ? And I don't mean that to sound ugly. I just say that in honesty to you. That is what happens when you have truly received the Lord and his work in your life. Now, let me change gears a little bit by sharing a couple things with you. I've been challenging a little bit so far. And the reason for that is because whether we see life change in our life or not is can be an indicator of whether we're a Christian or not. Well, let me make a big distinction. Seeing fruit in your life does not make you a Christian, but it is evidence that you are one. Do we understand that? That needs to be very clear. Change in my life does not make me a Christian. Many people think I have to do certain things, then God will accept me. That's not right. The Bible says I accept God's free offer, but one of the main ways that I can know that he truly is living in me is now I'm changing. It's fruit. It's evidence. It's not a requirement for salvation. It's evidence of salvation being in me. Comprende? Comprende, okay. That's Spanish for, do you understand? <clears throat> kind of Spanish. It's sort of southern, New York twist, Spanish, sorry. But I also want to say these things. First of all, I want to say this to you. If you are seeing that, congratulations. If you are in Jesus Christ, rejoice. You have been changed, and you are changing. Now, I don't know if you understand what I mean by that. What I mean by you have been changed is, if you are in Christ, your sins have been forgiven, done deal. You are a child of God, done deal. You are going to heaven, done deal. Praise the Lord. Amen? That, that, your identity, amen. Let's give the Lord applause. Your identity in Christ. <clears throat> hey, that's good news to me. That's good news to me. Tonight, your identity in Jesus Christ is you have been changed. You are forgiven, cleansed. You are now a child of God. But also, you are changing. And what I mean by that is, you and I are not all we're going to be but I'm on the way. Does that make sense? Okay. We're not all that we're going to be, but I'm on the way. (laughs) And I almost, I don't know, I thought about some of you guys that like NASCAR. When I talk about this rejoicing, man, you know, I haven't watched NASCAR a lot, but I tell you one of my favorite parts is the end when they win. I mean, doing some circles and donuts. I'm all into that. Amen. (laughs) We ought to be doing some donuts, victory lane, tearing up some grass. Somebody's going to have to put some more side out because I'm excited. Amen? That was kind of amen. Amen? Thank you. Now, I do want to talk about something else. Since we're not there yet, we may ask this question. Okay, Pastor Robbie, you said if I'm in Jesus, I should show it, but what about I still mess up? What about times when I don't show it? 
Again, remember, your fruit in your life, the life change is evidence of salvation, not requirement for salvation. Does that make sense? So God's not saying to you, okay, I worked in your life, but uh, you better stay straight or I'm going to take it back. Okay? Galatians 3.3 3 is one of the best verses for that. It basically says, having started by the Spirit of God working in your life, do you think God needs your help to keep you moving forward? Okay, that's just kind of a paraphrase of Galatians 3.3. 3. Okay, I started by grace, I continue by grace. Amen? Amen. Okay? It doesn't mean you're always going to get it right. In fact, we are in a process that the Bible speaks about called sanctification. And what sanctification means is I am progressively moving more and more towards the purpose that Christ has for my life. Now, if you think about that, that automatically implies I'm not all there yet, right? Okay, so God sees me, the justification part, these are just two big words that help us understand the work of God in our lives. Justification means God sees me as he sees his son. Well, guess what? Me and him know (laughs) that ain't really true. He's granting me by grace that he sees me as his son so that we can have a relationship. But he and I both know I'm not like Jesus in a lot of ways. So for the rest of my life, sanctification is I am progressively, with his help, becoming more like Christ. God takes care of every side, doesn't he? He makes me right with him so I can have a connection with him. And through that connection with him, I become more and more like him. It's so awesome. If I am a follower of Jesus Christ, I ought to be seeing some change happen in my life. Not to earn God's favor, but because of God's favor. The love of God, does it draw you? If Jesus Christ has worked in your life, and you know what, like I said, maybe you're not seeing that, but you know what, if you are truly a child of God and you're not seeing that, you're pretty miserable tonight because it wants to come out. And maybe God's just wanting to challenge you tonight. You are. There was a time in my life when I was a child of God. I know I was a child of God, but I wasn't showing it. And I was miserable. And eventually God brought me back to himself. There may be some people here tonight that you are truly a child of God. And it's not showing. But God is speaking to your heart. I want to start coming out. If you're here tonight and you claim to be a follower of Jesus... If there is not life change happening, it's not on its way. You don't have a desire to follow Jesus. You're not compelled. Even if you're you're struggling right now, it's not coming out of you. Friend, I want to just say to you, it is not based on being a member of a church, being baptized, taking communion, serving, giving a certain amount of money. It is based purely upon an encounter with receiving Christ as your personal Savior, saying to him, God, I'm so sorry for how I've messed up my life. And I want to trust my life to you. And I ask Jesus to come into my life and forgive me and cleanse me and make me right. That is what it means. To surrender our life to Jesus Christ. Not just to hear God's word. Not just to have an experience. But to truly see your life changed. For the glory of God. So each one of us has to ask ourselves. Am I truly 
a follower of Jesus Christ. And one of the ways we can determine that tonight is, is there fruit of what Jesus says would come out of one of his followers? Is that coming out of my life? And if it's not, why is it not? Would you bow your head with me for just a moment? Lord, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for clarifying for us what it means to be your follower. And if I am truly in you tonight, what I can expect to happen in my heart and life. Lord, I pray tonight if there's someone here who is not bearing fruit, who is not being transformed, who's not changing more and more into the image of Christ in their life, that you would just speak to their heart, Lord, and say to them that something is not right. Either they are possibly your follower, but they're holding back what you're wanting to come out and that they would break free from that tonight. Or Lord, it's very possible if we're not experiencing life change, that we have not truly experienced a biblical salvation. And I pray that we would let you speak to us about that tonight. Lord, I pray for maybe somebody here tonight who has that hard ground. Lord, their arms are folded. Their lip is tight. They, they've decided, I, I'm just going to bear it i'm, I'm going to put up with it i'm going to get through it i'm going to endure it but i'm not going to let god in i pray that you would break their heart tonight and just challenge them to receive you lord i pray for some who thought that it was just some emotional experience or just praying some prayer or doing some act but they very quickly are easily moved away from you Pray that tonight, Lord, that that person would realize that an experience with God is not what salvation is. It's truly surrendering our life to you. And Lord, I pray for all of us tonight who put our trust in you that the good news would be that Jesus Christ, when I am found in him, it means my life is changed. I'm so glad that my life has been changed through the power of Jesus. It is changing. And I pray that we would rejoice tonight if we've experienced that and are experiencing that. That we would be found in you, changed people and changing people. So Lord, in these next few moments, continue to speak to us and help us to respond. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In just a moment, I'm going to ask uh, you to stand together with me and we're going to sing a closing song. But I want to ask you just to think about what God has said to you tonight. Hopefully, we've been faithful through the music, through the message to sow the seed of God's word tonight. You know, this really kind of makes it, brings it down where I can understand it. You know, really every week right here is really the difference, isn't it? As long as our church is faithful to get the message God wanted out, 
There's no more we can do. It really has to do with how responsive am I, are you, to what God said to me. And right now, it says a lot about that. Am I going to let it sit on the surface? Or am I going to let it go a little below, but not very deep? Or am I going to let it sink in and receive it? And let it change me tonight? Whatever God's saying to you about that tonight, would you respond to Him? You can just talk to Him on your own. You can just say, Lord, my heart is hard. God, would you soften me? I can't soften myself. How about you? God, would you soften me tonight? You know I've grown cold. I've grown hard to you, to others. Would you say, God, you know how prone I am to be on kicks? And Lord, I don't want you to be on one of those. I don't want you to be one of those kicks or one of those phases. I don't want you to be like another diet, Lord. Yeah, I'm on God for a little while, but then I kind of go somewhere else. Lord, I know I'm like that. Please help me tonight to be serious about following you. If you are one of those who've received him, would you just thank him tonight that he is changing you? Would you worship him?